welcome to the second episode of your favorite baseball podcast about your favorite division in baseball. My name is Sam Clark, and with me, as always, is Mr. Brandon Gross. Brandon, how you doing today? Uh, doing great. Episode number two. We're cooking. We got some good feedback on the first one. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to brag. We had 15 Spotify listeners, so uh, watch out, John Ooh. Boy. <laughs> We're coming in hot. We're almost. We're like a 90s grunge band that did a spinoff <laughs> band. We opened up for Nirvana once. Mm-hmm. And by Nirvana, I mean Chris Novoselic spinoff band. <laughs> you know that uh, artist I definitely know, and that band I've definitely heard of. Brandon, it's too early for you to be dropping all of these obscure classic rock references. We're like a no, minute dude, and 30 seconds No, dude, he's the bassist in Nirvana. Come on now. Oh, okay. All right. Everybody, that is of the three members of, of Nirvana, absolutely the least famous or popular member of Nirvana. That's why I picked him. Come on. Comedy. Not Dave Grohl, not Kurt Cobain, but... Chris Novoselic. That's exactly what I said. Who posted... I was going to say he posted... Some vague Trump endorsement oh, no. <laughs> early in the pandemic, oh, but then he was no. like, whoa, 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 He's like, no, I don't like any candidate. <laughs> oh, dude. He, uh, my most famous memory of him and my only memory of him is him throwing, I think it was at the MTV VMAs or something, Nirvana's mm-hmm. playing live, and he throws the bass up in the air, and it clocks him in the head and knocks him out for a second. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know yeah. That video? Yeah, and then after that, he just couldn't form another band after Nirvana. <laughs> he's like, I think I like this Trump guy. Yeah, <laughs> not talking bad about Chris. God bless him. God bless him. Nirvana's I'm, great. He's doing. He's doing God's work. I actually got into a weird Nirvana phase like the last six months. I've been like, me too, dude. No way, really. Uh, last year, like at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, I like never got into them. Like I didn't do in utero or any of like the classic records, and I like went back and checked them out for the first time, and was just shocked at how enjoyable I found it. I was. I always just like wrote them off as a. Uh, this is not fair to Nirvana, but like a J.C. Penney's. Uh, band t-shirt band you know what i mean <laughs> like one of those bands that's t-shirt is just in every department store sure. across america yeah i mean i kind of loathe that shirt that has like the weird squiggly face that looks yes, like graffiti that's exactly it's, the shirt i kind of loathe that shirt yeah yeah um but also it's kind of like how led zeppelin has like the icarus the man with the wings shirt yeah that's very true you know it's kind of annoying but no i agree with you great out al- great albums yeah, I'm trying to think of the other bands that like qualify as a JC Penney's band. Like Led Zeppelin, definitely. ACDC has got to be like one of the number ones, right? Yeah, Bob Marley kind of is a JC Penney artist. That's true. Bob Marley gonna be an artist. Bob Marley yeah. gonna be honest. Gonna be artist. Okay. Yeah, but gonna um, be artist. I went and listened to Nevermind, and then I was just astonished that I knew the first six songs on the album. Like every song is a banger right out the get go. Oh, yeah. I mean, even, like, the B-side stuff. Um, I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. I'm on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, this is a big shout-out. My friend Nate was the one who turned me – Nate and Danny turned me on to, uh, to the Nirvana record. So they're going to – also two of our 15 listeners, so they're going to love this. That's very funny that they turned you on to Nirvana <laughs> like, in 2021. <laughs> they're like, Sam, you, uh, you might like this underground band you've never heard of. Have you ever heard of Nirvana? <laughs> hey, uh, check out Abbey Road after that. <laughs> oh, I think I've heard about that before. All right, Brandon, we got a we got a big show coming up today. We have uh, we're going to talk about my long term gambling bets that I made. We're going to do a a little breakdown of the rough week that happened in the NL East and more sixty second stories. But uh, first things first, dude, we got to talk about last night. How are you feeling? Mets bullpen just the the LOL Mets, the Lowell Mets came out strong last night. Dude. Listen, okay, I you can change the bullpen. But you can't take the Mets out of the bullpen. You know, some expression like that. Because <laughs> yeah. the, the, there's still the yeah, the logo's still on the jersey. Yeah, the players that gave it up were new additions to the bullpen. Uh, Trevor May, who was pretty much their big mm-hmm. relief acquisition. Acquisition, I said. Acquisition. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's an Aquaman a slash relief pitcher slash uh, all-time YouTuber. How funny would that be if he did give himself the moniker the Aquaman. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we're no, we're onto something here. Yeah. We're cooking. No, it really was though. Trevor May like got the bases loaded, and then they brought in that lefty from uh, Tampa Bay who just immediately loop plunked somebody. Bryce Harper, uh, yeah, the, like to just ba- bring, uh, yeah, Bryce Harper. Yeah, he's the lefty oh, specialist. Dude. So I mean, obviously, you know, not a good omen. But also, what I'm going to say is, you know, the Mets historically have a fantastic opening day record. Where I, I believe it, I yes. believe it was thirty nine well, and twenty before yesterday, trying to go for that forty and twenty. But you know what? Normally they'll win on opening day, and then their season's terrible. But this year, reverse it. 
Back it up, reverse it. Loop, there it is. <laughs> so wait, you're thinking this is a sign of things to come. You're thinking this is a full reversal of everything where you lose opening day but then have a winning record. Absolutely. It's the it's a butterfly effect. A butterfly effect starring Ashton Kutcher. Great movie, <laughs> but not as good as the movie that was Jacob deGrom pitching last night. What did you think of that transition? That was pretty good, right? <sighs> that was tasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting this podcast thing down, Ooh, I think. he's good. You should uh, – let's do a fake sponsor, though. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yeah. Sponsored by <laughs> FX Movies. I think that's the only time I would yeah. ever watch Butterfly Effect. Sponsored by movies. FX Movies at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. Butterfly Effect. Ooh, yeah. You see it when your dad is hungover <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> yeah. He fell asleep watching Die Hard. <laughs> Die Hard into Butterfly Effect? That's good programming. Mm, yeah, that's called a double feature. <laughs> well, I guess oh, you know what the time would be? Demi Moore, hmm, because that? it's Bruce oh, Willis true. into Ashton Kutcher, yes. both formerly married true. to Demi Moore. Dude, dude, wow, that's like six. I don't know. That's kind of like six degrees to Kevin Bacon, but instead, like I guess there's only two people that Demi Moore has ever been married to. I don't right? know. How many I don't know what her relationship her status is at the moment. But to tie uh, that back into the Mets, though, I once saw Bruce Willis at a Mets spring training game in Port St. Lucie. Oh no way. Is he a Mets fan? I think he's a Phillies fan because he's from Philly, but they weren't playing the oh, Phillies. Oh, true. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, they can well, have him. So, so, so how are you feeling? Because we were texting during this Mets game. DeGrom was like looking like peak DeGrom, hitting 102 at some situations. Um, and then the offense just was not there to back him up again. The bullpen fell apart, and before you knew it, it was 5-2 to two after, after the end of the eighth, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, in his defense – Obviously, we had the little COVID break because of Nationals, which I know we're going to get to. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I was worried in the first because Hoskins hit like a rocket that he thought was a homer and he gave a little fist pump when he mm-hmm. ran in first base. But <laughs> they ended that. up throwing him out at uh, uh, Pilar ended up uh, third, right? hitting the cutoff man at McNeil and, and tossing him out at third base. So, yeah, I was a little worried that maybe he'd be rusty, but, yeah, he cruised after that hitting 101, hitting 102. The man, like, gets older and, like, his velocity increases. Actually, statistically, it does. Um, Every single season for, like, three seasons in a row, he's, like, increased his velocity by, like, half a tick. Yeah, it's freakish. And, obviously, the man's not doing steroids because he's a little beanpole man. He's a tall he's a tall <laughs> no, metal, He's a tall beanpole man. Um, yeah, if he had any muscle, we would assume that this was some sort of steroid use, but it's not. But, um, but Brandon, the... This is my. We're going to transition now into my my bets. Let me t- let me oh, tell yeah, you a little yeah. bit about how it works to to legally bet in in, uh, in New York City. Uh, you have to take the path train into Hoboken, and then you get to, you get to Hoboken where it is legal to bet. But as you know, right now we are in COVID, so you don't go inside anywhere. Before, like last season, I would go into like a bar or a restaurant or something, and me and me and my friend Chris and Nate would just go and put some bets on. But like uh, now, it was Chris and I in the rain, backpacks in hand or backpacks in back. Um, walking around Hoboken, which you know, okay, not not maybe this is our new sponsor, a Hoboken uh, tourist uh, <laughs> tourist travel. Um, Hoboken's a pretty nice place. A uh, little gross in the rain though. We were walking around; it's like uh, just right across the Hudson, um, and we found this pizza shop with one outdoor table covered. So we sat down, ordered a pizza, and put in some long term bets. Um, and one of my first bets was Jacob Degrom NL MVP. What do you think of that? Two thoughts. First one, what was in your backpacks? You mentioned the backpacks. Uh, yeah. So in my backpack was one sweater because of the the rain and the cold, um, a laptop in case my phone wasn't wasn't a fit for the the DraftKings app, and Moneyball, which I'm embarrassingly reading for the first <laughs> time right now. Oh, how fitting! I love it. Moneyball is great. Though. I know. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I, I I mean I think that's an interesting bet. Obviously. You're going to have the people that vote on that that are going to be hesitant if he doesn't get the 20-plus wins. And obviously, as we know from DeGrom's past, classic Mets offense doesn't score for him. Bullpen blows it. So we saw it yesterday. Mm -hmm. He always ends up with about 11 wins and like a 1.7 ERA, you know? So, you know, I I would say that you might have some issues uh winning that bet in that regard because there will be people that are hesitant to vote for someone for MVP that doesn't have the a pitcher that doesn't have the wins yeah the most traditional of statistics for pitchers especially for the old school uh boys yeah. that are voting for that um however I love it I mean obviously it's clear that he's the best pitcher in the majors not just as a Mets fan as yeah. a homer he's the best pitcher people try to say Garrett Cole in fantasy for ESPN Garrett Cole's ranked higher as a starting pitcher if you do both leagues wild absurd I know, wild absurd yeah, like absolutely absurd 
watch the man pitch. Watch the man pitch. And also, he's up, Seriously. he's upset if he gives up a walk. And you can see how hard he is, how much of a perfectionist he is. We're watching someone, as Marcus Stroman, the Mets number two pitcher, says, we're gonna, mm-hmm. people are going to be talking about DeGrom for 100 years. And for someone who knows the craft like Stroman, I 100% believe him. And Stroman also said recently that uh, he would never ask for a teammate or peer's autograph except for Jacob DeGrom because he knows he's something special, which I feel like is a great ringing endorsement for how good he is. Um, my logic, so let me talk to you about my yeah. logic. Also, let me give you the – I don't have the direct odds, and I know – I don't think – you're not especially familiar with uh, with gambling. You know, odds, not right? to be a, a guy that – quotes the office but you're gonna need to explain it to me like i'm five (laughs) wow brandon's office guy energy office guy (laughs) oh my god uh are you gonna for halloween are you gonna wear a pin that just says brandon and when anybody asks you what you are for uh for christmas you'll say your or halloween you'll say your three hole punch brandon oh so you know what i even forgot that reference from the office so you know what i'm not all right so now i'm off (laughs) now i'm office guy um so i don't remember what the exact odds were but i put three dollars down and if DeGrom wins MVP, I win $153, so 150 buck profit off a $3 bet. Now, my logic behind it was the Mets are obviously going to be much better. You invested in your bullpen, and uh, DeGrom's the best pitcher in the majors. Uh, I think the last pitcher to win MVP was Kershaw. Does that sound right? The last starting pitcher to win Should MVP? Should we look it up? Um, yeah, I'm fairly certain it was Kershaw. Um, but, yeah, it's going to take a lot of wins, and I thought the Mets uh, – uh, let's hope that last night was an, an anomaly, but um, – I thought that the Mets are going to win a lot of games um, and that DeGrom is just going to do insane stuff. Yeah. If he gets anywhere near 180, 200 uh, innings pitched, I, I can't see him uh, not having just insane statistics. So Kershaw did win it in 2014. He threw 198 and a third innings. Um, God. In 20, wait, what wait, was the year? 2014. Uh, the last started. 2014. That's a ton of innings. Yeah. Uh, the number of pitchers People to throw 198 innings, innings dropped from 43 that year to just 15 in 2019. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I just that's my one worry is that they're going to this year's going to be peanuts too. I mean, because of like the lack of a workload last year. I mean, obviously they yeah. you, you know, controversy for last night was that they pulled the ground after 77 pitches and he was still throwing mm-hmm. 100 101. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's insane. And DeGrom was actually okay with that decision because of like the layover with the Nationals, you know, in COVID. For the first series. Yeah, they had him. So, yeah, I mean, start. I think that's a concern. And also the National League just being absolutely stacked. I mean, the NL East alone, they have some MVP candidates in Soto, Acuna, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, Freeman won last year. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's um, tough, but I, I mean, I don't know you're doing $3 bets. And honestly, I'm glad you're doing $3 bets because yeah. you were worrying yeah. me that maybe <laughs> there's an addiction thing. That's the thing. I know I know my dad's listening. It's like, I bet $2 last night, $3. Like, it's just all it's just all pennies. Um, but, okay, so another one that I really liked was uh, most home runs in, a, in the season, home run leader, $2 wins $40. For Jordan Alvarez. Oh. I know we're going to the American League here, but Jordan Alvarez was like the fourth best odds. I think Acuna was first. I don't remember who was second. Pete Alonso, I think, was second. Um, but Jordan, obviously, last season was a little – he was a little on edge. And then before that, he came in uh, as his rookie. I guess – I don't know. Did last – was it one of those weird years with him where it was like he came in for a season, but it wasn't technically his rookie season? Kind of like what's going on with Sixto right now. You're saying last year? Yeah, for Jordan, but I don't. I mean, I think he. So had he like, played in eighty-seven games in twenty nineteen, and then yes, but that didn't count as a full rookie season, right? It's one of those weird things. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what the plate appearance thing. I mean, he hit twenty-seven bombs in twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah, and if he, I mean, uh, he could easily hit sixty, no problem. And when Pete in twenty nineteen, Pete had how many? Sixty-one, sixty-two. What did he win with? Sixty-three uh, somewhere around P- there. Uh, Pete had oh, crap. I'm bad somewhere Mets the, fan. Like the, I'm but, bad Mets fan. <laughs> I'm also just like, hey, Brandon, remember this statistic <laughs> from two years ago? Can you it's tell Bacota. it to me right now? <laughs> it's Bacota's back. He had 53 um, homers in 2019. 53. Okay, yeah. I gave him a 10 extra. Um, I just think he's completely capable. He's. I hope they move him to first base as a selfish fantasy player because I also have him in our redraft league. But um, Well, like, normally, normally Gurriel is going to play first there, right? Yeah, they can move him to DH, I guess. But Jordan was playing DH primarily right now. He just can't be in the outfield. He's a defensive liability. Right, yeah, outfield, it says but, he's but, DH um, mostly. Um, yeah. I, I like that. I think that's a really great assessment. And also, you know, you kind of lo- get lost with these guys because in 2019 he came up, like I said, 27 homers. 20, 2020 yeah. he opted out, I believe, right, for the season? Yes, or had like – I think it was injuries. Was it injuries? Our knowledge isn't showing. 
<laughs> this is Amer- This is American League, baby. We don't this even is know NL about American Feast. League. Yeah, uh, we haven't talked. Well, no, that's not true. We talked. We Mets talked Mets. We talked Mets. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna say we. Uh, oh, he sat out after having answer. tested positive for COVID, and he returned in August, okay. and then played two games, and then had arthroscopic surgery on both of his knees. Yes, yes. Okay, I knew there was some sort of weird injury go. stuff. That so was going it was a combo. Um, but yeah, two dollars f- equals forty bucks, and then wins back all of the money that I bet. I I think he has only one home run right now, and also uh, Nick Castellanos has just been going insane. So I'm getting a little worried that he's going to be leading. But yeah, I mean Castellanos um, is a monster. Also, he got suspended two games for flexing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, baseball. Right when they're like they're embracing the cool aspect of yeah. baseball, then they suspend Castellanos for that. So whatever. But that was one. Uh, that was a bet that I was I was pretty happy like with. It. This one already looks really bad. Um, Jack Flaherty for NL uh, Cy Young, five dollars wins eighty dollars. Mm. Um, my log- I didn't really have a lot of logic other than Jack Flaherty is good, and if the Cardinals win the division, then they could be fine. I think he had six earned runs in his first start, though, so not off to a good. Not See, to a well, good yeah, well, so that. it's not twenty twenty where you know if you have one start like that, you're not gonna get the Cy Young. Like the Grom, you know, had one bad start against the Phillies and then one against the Fish actually too where uh, it kind of took him out of the running and Bauer won it. But, um... Bauer! Bauer! <laughs> that ah. one's school ties. We're going deep, <laughs> deep movie references today. Uh, yeah, we really are. We really are. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, honestly, Jack Flaherty is just fun to watch, um, and I was kind of assuming he was just going to be really hot out the gate this season. Uh, quite the opposite. But, yeah, like you said, this is in 2020. Like, if, if he has a couple bad starts, it's not the end of the world. It's definitely not the end of his uh, Cy Young campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, not to bring up the man himself again, but he is the standard. I believe in 20 – when DeGrom won the Cy Young in 2019, I believe that he had, like, a seven-earned run game in the first month of the season. Oh, no way. Something crazy like that. He had, like, one blow up at the beginning, like, first couple weeks of the season, and then absolutely coasted yeah. from there. So – what you know? I believe in Flaherty. Look, so his Cy Young season was 2019 and 2018. Uh, Degrom won. Mm-hmm. His WAR was dun da da dun. Oh my God! His WAR was 10 in 2018 and eight in 2019. Um, yeah, that just two phenomenal seasons. I mean, if Flaherty does this, then obviously he's gonna he's gonna win the Cy Young. But I mean, yeah, 1.98 FIP, but sub one whips. Wow, look at us. So here's here's what's interesting. To me, so you... We're math boys now. We're math, math boys. We now. like math this week. Uh, so <laughs> what's interesting to me is you voted, or you voted, you Yes, bet, no, I know exactly what you're going to say. You bet yeah. for DeGrom for MVP, <laughs> yes. but Flaherty for Cy Young. Listen, yes. I know that sometimes when they when when the old fogies vote, I know they get a little confused. I'm not, I'm not being ageist uh-huh. here, but I'm saying the people that vote for these awards. No, we can be a little ageist. Yeah, <laughs> we have a lot of very old baseball writers that yeah have antiquated ideas of how the sport should be played. When they when they vote for these awards, I know they get a little confused, but I don't think if assuming these are in the same universe, this is in the Sam Clark betting cinematic universe mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. <laughs> that the SBCU. <laughs> Great job abbreviating that quickly. Yeah, th- um, yeah thank you, thank you. I assume that Flaherty wouldn't win the Cy and DeGrom wouldn't win the MVP. That would – okay, so I did you see Uncut Gems? Yes. Did you see the movie yeah. Uncut Gems? So are you familiar with the idea of what a parlay is where one bet uh, is, is dependent on the other bet? Where like if – like say I bet, I bet Sam's going to talk for 45 minutes and parlay with Brandon's going to talk 45 minutes. If I talk over 45 minutes and you talk under, the bet's canceled. This isn't a parlay. So these are two independent huh. bets. So – it doesn't require the Cy Young of going to Flaherty and DeGrom winning MVP because that would be – it's. I should win on a $2 bet like $5,000 if I predict that to, <laughs> to happen and it actually comes to fruition. No. Um, also, I guess I'm just kind of covering my ass because you would assume that DeGrom would have to win Cy Young if he wins MVP, right? I would imagine um, that would be hand in hand, yeah. I'm checking on that Kershaw season because that would be uh, very, very, very strange if it was not. All right, we're on baseball reference, the only place to figure out any good baseball statistics. This is called stalling. Um, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. He, no, dude. No, it's, wait, no. Oh, my God, I, I read that wrong. Yeah, he won Cy Young and won MVP. I saw, I saw MVP. Okay, this is a, this is not a, looking good for me. But I went to – I saw 2017. It said All-Star. Cy Young 2, assuming he came in second place for Cy Young, and then MVP 17, and I was like, he won the MVP in 2017 and came in second place in Cy Young. That's not that's not what happened. Okay. I just read that wrong. Um, but yeah, so those are not contingent on one another. Okay. They are not regular. One does not have to come in, so so don't worry. I'm not... <laughs> I was talking to Chris about that, um, and he brought up the exact same point. But 
we're moving along. This is my first homer bet and my only bet of of any sort of amount of money. Um, this is Marlins over the win total. The win total was seventy one and a half. I put fifty whole dollars on that, Brandon. Um, I think that's your most logical bet because <laughs> <laughs> because I would say you're kind of betting you're like the Marlins are going to be okay. Like you're like. Yeah, they're not going to be awful. Yeah, they're not going to lose 100 Yeah, I don't think – I mean, listen, as we discuss constantly, the division's very tough. And, you know, the Marlins may be getting the short end of the stick in that regard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But over 71.5 wins, they're going to get over that .5, I would say. So you're really, really pulling for that 70 second win. I'll tell you what, I will obviously get into this in a few minutes, but a little nervous about how it's starting for that bet. Moving on. This is my favorite one. This is the one that is going to sound crazy, but for the money, I think it's there. So I put $5 on Zach Granke having the most wins in baseball. The Grankman. My logic. My logic is well. First off, we love Granky. This podcast. I, I guess I'm speaking on your behalf, but this podcast loves. Oh, we love Granky. Yes, we love our our uh, our shy little boy. Um, but my logic is that they're gonna win the they're, they're gonna win the division. Granky is their number one, so he's gonna see the most amount of games. And if they're winning, and he's going against some, sh- I'm trying to not curse on this podcast. He's going against crappy teams <laughs> in the division. Then uh, he's gonna get a ton of wins, dude. I think he can very easily rack it up. I bet five dollars to win two hundred dollars profit. If that were to come true, I think it was plus 4,000. Um, yeah, so that's obviously a, a long shot bet, but I, I feel weirdly good about it. Now, that being said, he won his first game, and I was right before we started recording, gave up a home run to Mike Trout in the second game. So, you well, know, if you're going to give it up, like, no. give it up to Trout, right? Uh, yes, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like the a, thing is also absolute bomb, too. He, I mean, he's in a division that you know, maybe he's in the Angels have a pretty strong offense, but he's in a division yes. that. You know, can, he can kind of kick some butt. And also, he seems zen. I don't know if you saw that photo of him just, like, sitting Dude. crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Dude, I know. Yeah, we got to get Greggy on the pod. I think Greggy would love to get on a pod with 15 listeners and talk about a division that he's never played for. I think he would prefer 15 listeners. He's like, if there's yeah, more than 20, too. I'm not doing it, all right? A couple a couple weeks ago, I was just going down a weird YouTube deep dive, and I found, like, this compilation of Zach Greinke quotes. And it was, like, him reading the news on his high school announcements. And it was just, like, this. he had, like, a puka shell necklace. It was looking like he was straight out of American Pie and just, like, reading. It was so funny. I'll have to send it to you. The, the, um, I'm actually feeling good about that. Feeling good about that. So the Athletic that. actually did a fantastic article of, like, uh, the, uh, speaking with all of the catchers he's, he's uh, pitched to over his career. Oh, cool. and like how they would approach him on the mound, and then they would be okay. What, like, what do you want to the catchers? Be like, what do you want to throw to this guy? What do you think in changeup? What do you think in curveball? Hmm. And Granky, Granky would be like, I'm thinking like I don't know what to do with like my fantasy basketball team right now. <laughs> like he was just like he's operating on a different level. <laughs> Dude, you gotta love it. You gotta love Granky. Um, Okay. Also, our outspoken mental illness king. Been very. He's like the oh, who was it in the NBA? Kevin Love, I think. Yeah. And Demar Derozan both came out and, and were outspoken about their uh, their mental illness. And Granky did the same thing, which we are obviously in full support of encouraging that dialogue. Absolutely. Um, okay. Last one and uh, our last one, uh, coincidentally, a division bet. I have Trey Turner. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot last name for a second. <laughs> Trey Turner for most runs scored in uh, Major League Baseball. Um, my logic, I put $10 on this one. This is a steep bet, Brandon. This is a steep bet. Um, is that he's going to be, if he gets to first, then you can almost guarantee he's getting to second. And if he gets into second, he's in scoring position. And with the bats behind him, I think it's very, very likely that he scores a lot of runs. Yeah, I think that's great. He actually had a two-run bomb um, off Smiley. Uh, oh, no Yeah, way. in game one. Yeah, yeah. Nationals game one. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I, I like that. I think that's great. I mean, obviously, you know, he uh, he leads off for them. He's going to see a lot of bases, and he's going to hit the occasional bomb like mm-hmm. he did today. Um, I like that. I endorse it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, to my worried parents, I bet under $100. Don't worry. I'm not going to. Haven't developed a degenerative gambling habit. Haven't broken into my children's college savings yet. So we're, we're doing okay. You start a podcast and you think you're Craig Carton. <laughs> and you're like, I'm flying to Atlantic City right before the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandon, uh, can you hold off for an hour? I just put 10 on horses. <laughs> Brandon, if I, ever, if I ever start gambling on the horses, then that's when you know that it's gotten out of control. The horses are always a problem. <laughs> Anytime someone the gets in on the horses. Always a problem. Horses are always a problem. <laughs> Brandon, it was a rough week for the NL East, though. 
Um, honestly, more of a rough week for you and I's prediction of the NL East, if I have to be honest. We uh, we didn't look good. A lot of our predictions didn't look great off the bat. Um, one of the things that was completely out of our control, though, was obviously the Nationals coming into contact with covid right before opening day and preventing them from playing all over the weekend and up until 4 p.m. This we're recording on Tuesday, 4 p.m. today, um, having their first game. Yeah, I mean, uh, disappointing, disappointing as a Mets fan because on Wednesday night, the Mets signed Francisco Lindor to a monster extension the, the night before opening day. Yeah, we don't even have that in our notes, but honestly, Steve Cohen, the chicken parm worked, baby. Congratulations. Ooh, parm, baby. <laughs> I have a, cheese will always change someone's mind. I actually have a chicken parm story, but it is related to the Mets. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm okay. going to do that story. Uh so, in 2006 when the Mets played the Cardinals game 7 of the NLCS, uh mm, everybody remembers. As everyone remembers, my mom made chicken parmesan <laughs> for my father and I. Uh we had it. The Ooh. Mets lost the game. Now I will never eat chicken parmesan before <laughs> a big time Mets game. That's the story. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, that's a quick little anecdote. I was like buckling up for a long story, no, no, but it was, it was nice and efficient. Little, no, not, not little guy, little would, tidbit there, throwing that out there. So uh, rule of thumb, don't eat chicken parm before a big baseball game, period. Um, anyway. Period. So the, I think the weirdest part about this national story was that it wasn't one position group that got COVID. It seemed like it bounced around. Like Jan Gomes had it. Josh Bell had it. Kyle Schwarber had it. Patrick Corbin has it. John Lester has it. And Brad Hand has it. My prediction to you earlier was when we first found out about this, that it was going to be a bullpen issue. That, like, one position group that had a lot of people interacting with each other was had gotten exposed, and they were about to have, like, a big implosion in one specific position group. And it doesn't seem like that's the case. It was um, yeah, just kind of spread out evenly. I think Brad Hand was the only piece in the bullpen that they got COVID. Yeah, yeah. Brad Hand and Patrick Corbin were the only pitchers. Yeah, and also I, I believe it's – Four, they can't release it because of HIPAA laws, but I believe it was four players got COVID and the other ones are in quarantine, but they possibly could be positive. Oh, they had been exposed. Been exposed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, but those are big pieces, man. Big pieces of that team I that know, got knocked dude. out. I, I mean, know, uh, I know, last I, I checked, they were doing okay in the first game. I think they were they were tied. Even though Scherzer was not pitching great, giving up bombs to Acuna and Freeman dude, um, oh, and Swanson. That? But uh, Right out the gate. But, yeah, I mean, as a Mets fan, like I was saying, the excitement for opening day could not have been higher after the Lind- the Lindor signing breaking at like 11 p.m. Eastern time. Late night before. Late yeah, night because Lindor's cutoff About was, was uh, opening day to sign the extension with the Mets or mm-hmm. else he would have been a free agent after this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the excitement couldn't have been higher. And then at noon the next day, just finding out that the Nats, you know, uh, got COVID and like obviously MLB didn't want to play the series uh, after that makes sense upsetting obviously because because as louis rojas the mets manager said the mets were like caged animals <laughs> so whatever that means but that's uh, a great quote that's a great quote um yeah that's t- that was a tough break for the mets too just like unable to play baseball for a few days especially when like all of the everybody else is out having fun it's like the spongebob squidward meme whereas like the mets are inside watching spongebob run around that's a that's a visual reference on an audio uh audio medium so i'm sure that'll go hey well, we'll post it we'll po- pick it up we'll post it down. we'll make our own meme of it nice at nl feast right that's the that's i know tweet. we threw it that's in very tweeter. last second that's our twitter that's our that's, tweet that's, that's our, tweet, our tweeter right? So we're hoping for the best. Obviously, you don't want anybody to get COVID. Uh, Brandon is fully vaccinated, and I'm getting poked tomorrow, baby. So, uh, Ooh, so there's not going to be Godspeed. any, uh, yeah, not going to be a lot of big deep outbreaks in the NL Feast Pod uh, universe. Mainly because you and I live on opposite coasts. But I've been coughing in letters and sending them to you in the mail. Though, so. <laughs> <laughs> I kept wondering why Brandon was sending me all these empty letters, but uh, now it makes <laughs> sense. Um, Brandon, we were also really wrong about the Phillies. Oh, I mean, I know. Uh, I- it's still early, Listen, it's an it, undefeated Phillies team right now. It's it, it's early, okay? 162-game season. Obviously, as we knew, know, the Nationals, when they won the World Series, were 500 ball club. First Famously half. abysmal. Not abysmal, but Famously yeah, not, not great, great for the first yeah. half of the season. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to get too overexcited or not overexcited, but over overstimulated over the over reactionary yeah. there you go yeah. over reactionary of i think we just both made up a word <laughs> i like I it know. i agree but we know yeah we, it's we called think, yes and maybe <laughs> yeah I, over the phillies being four now i mean uh yes it seemed like you know the birds offense was was a little sleepy that first series and yeah we obviously the mets Especially offense the was sleepy but and the bullpen was atrocious we can kind of attribute that to the layover, as we've mentioned many times. Um, 
The Phillies do look good, though. They look good, man. Yeah. I mean, their defense was pretty crisp. I think Hoskins made a little bit of a boo-boo um, at McCutcheon first. had, like, a literally first inning of opening day. Just was, like, gunning people down at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Dee making, like, diving catches. Zach, our friend Zach, texted me and was like, uh, not looking good with your Phillies defense Yeah, prediction. I think I, I was like... I said that that Gregorius was like he doesn't play shortstop anymore. Like first play, he's like <laughs> he's like yeah, like yeah, diving over backwards. Um, but yeah, Phillies look good, man. Phillies look good. Um, again, it's early, but this podcast is going to happen every week. You better bet we're going to be talking. About, we're going to be making a overreactionary, overreactionary. Takes. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I would still be concerned with the Phillies. I mean, Matt Moore pitched last night, and he was in Japan last year. He's their fourth starter at the moment. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. obviously when he came up with the Rays, he was you, – you'd think he was going to be, like, you know, one of the top pitchers. Superstar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, he he didn't look great. I mean, he was mowing down the Mets the first couple of innings, and they kind of – you know, he was walking some people. The Mets were getting some timely hits. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you, you can't be going into the stretch with Matt Moore as your fourth and Chase Anderson who's starting tonight against uh, – Stroman for game two in the series. Mm-hmm, you can't mm-hmm. really be going in with those guys fourth, fifth, I think. I mean, obviously, yeah, that's not- Mets, Braves also have some issues at the end of their their rotation right now. But um, I don't know. That That's, I think, where the Phillies black hole is. But their bullpens look good. I know we were talking mad shit about it. I know, dude. No earned runs so far through four games. Yeah. And that Alvarado that's uh, kid, uh, nasty. He he closed out the game last night. Dude. I know he gave up a few hits where it looked like the Mets yeah, were going to rally. Yeah, he got into a little bit of trouble, but then got himself out. Yeah, nasty stuff, left hander. Um, yeah. um, also though, so they play they play they finish the series with y'all at the Mets, and then on Friday they do a weekend series against the Braves again. You got to wonder if the Braves are coming back out for blood though. Yeah, in Atlanta, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think I think you can imagine. I think uh, Morton and and Wheeler are their, the premier. Uh, <laughs> The premiere matchup on Friday, so that'll be fun to watch again. But. Fingies crossed, baby. Fingies crossed, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Morton looked good, too. Oh, my God. Okay, I put in this – is, this is, we can cut this or keep this. Who knows if this is good content, but I put in Morton's schedule, assuming first off that that would give me previous <laughs> box scores, which obviously didn't, and I'm getting a remote learning schedule for Jay Sterling Morton High School. Oh. Brandon, do you have any interest in that? Yeah, when are the, what's their schedule, actually? Are they – So it looks like you're already late. Class started at 7 a.m. today. Shit, and you're dude. To be found. <laughs> I know, I'm, you're the, trouble, I'm the kid that shows up to class, and he's eating, like, a uh, top Hockeys and like uh, Red Bull, <laughs> drinking Red Bull at like seven a.m. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, last seven games that he got the loss, five innings, six, three earned runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Oh, fuck Charlie Morton. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we curse. We honestly we'll cut the Morton. No, out. we curse. No, we'll keep it. We'll keep it. Yeah, fuck Charlie Morton. <laughs> I said it. I don't care who hears it. Um, Charlie Morton was just kind of like a, a a picture that I actually saw a lot of because of all the race fans that were in my life. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. I, During free agency, he was like choosing between the Rays and Atlanta, right? Because he wanted to stay in the Southeast. Yeah, not Marlins, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. He didn't. Not Marlins. No, there's no space for him. We can't. We can't have an old man. Our oldest starting pitcher right now is like 26, 27. There's no room for a Charlie Morton on that. Are you kidding me? Um, Brandon, the Braves lost the the All Star weekend though. They have no more All Star game being played in Atlanta right now. You know what? Honestly, I'm glad that MLB took a stance because normally Manfred and 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 the boys upstairs are normally you know like we were saying earlier. They're it's a bit antiquated. And I think that's why baseball hasn't kept up with basketball Dude. and like captured younger people's imagination and um, excitement. So I think you know I think it's great that that um, they took a stand. I mean, obviously, I feel bad for some people in Atlanta, but. Um, yeah, and I think that's where about as far as my uh, my. That's about it. Yeah, maybe some people that you know, small businesses that that could have reaped the benefits from it. But no, I think it's a great decision. I think, it, uh, and I also think it's hilarious that they have a weird gray patch on their sleeve right now. Did you see that, dude? Isn't that so funny? Yeah, it's just like so a straight like, covered up. Very. <laughs> like, why is it that I can go down to Lids and get a Mets jersey, but they couldn't get <laughs> fresh jerseys? A uh, proper. Yeah, like Jazz wanted to just change jerseys in the middle of games and had no problem because his jersey got dirty sliding into home base, but they can't find a way to properly cover up an all-star game thing. Very strange. I was going to say, I think that they didn't bring the equipment manager to Philadelphia. I really do. Oh, I really think that's what happened. It must have been, right? That's a really right? good guess. Yeah, that's a really good guess. Brandon, I saw this uh, I saw this 
I think it's 538, a buddy of mine sent this. Respondents were asked whether they supported or opposed MLB's decision to move its all-star game and draft out of Atlanta in response to Georgia's new election law. Now, you would assume that baseball fans would be the people that are like old dudes, like we were talking, antiquated sport, antiquated fans. Um, but surprisingly, avid MLB fans, 45% of them strongly supported the move out of Atlanta, which wow. really surprised. And then like 20%. Um, somewhat supported, and then ten percent didn't. So it was really like twenty eight percent had any sort of opposition to it. Where um, was the poll? Really surprised. On, I think this is five thirty eight. Also, okay. I was uh, say if it was on Twitter. Democrats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so dude just saw forty five people responded, Brandon, and forty five percent of those forty five people <laughs> considered themselves avid MLB fans. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of good to see that that like the sport has fans that are that are that are. Uh, I guess on the right side of history, we're immediately alienating any uh, Republican fans that we have, but I think also we kind of don't care about that. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I think... Sayonara! <laughs> bye-bye. I think it was, you know, such an <laughs> obvious and, like, an egregious attack because, not to get political once again, but because the Democrats swept in the election, yes, I think it was they, just an obvious attack. blue for the first time. They were trying to make, you know, who they were trying to make uh, it a little bit more difficult to uh, to get minority folks to go out there and vote, so... But again, kudos to the MLB for actually taking the right yeah. side on something. I this think Manfred truly I think Manfred knew it, he, like he would get even more heat if they didn't do something. Mm-hmm. And, and they announced today that it's right. actually going to be. I think Ken Rosenthal leaked it that uh, it's going to be in Colorado, which is great. I know, yeah, famously uh, conservative state <laughs> state of Colorado. <laughs> yeah, good good to see though. We're good to see Mar- uh, the the Marlins had a tough week though. We lost uh, Alicia Hernandez's place on the ten day uh, IL. I don't know if you saw. I did. That. Yeah, bicep ten to nine is right. Bicep, yeah, he just like had, I thought it was blister issues. That's what it seemed to be initially was that he was having some blister issues because he's had them in the past. Um, and then he just like got a strikeout and was immediately like, "Hey, come get me out of the game." Um, wow, which you don't love to see. Um, but yeah, so he's on the ten day IL. And then a funny, this is the first time I had heard of this happening. Garrett Cooper was on the ten day IL, the COVID ten day IL. He's already back. This was yesterday um, for like a, an adverse reaction to the second dose of the vaccine. Isn't that wild? Oh wow! Yeah, I was wor- I was wondering about that because I know actually the Mets they just announced that uh, I think they're offering the first shot of Pfizer to the boys on Thursday. Chances are, oh nice, if, yeah. Chances are, if some percentage of them get it, which is also a topic we can discuss, um, yeah. Uh, then you know you'd imagine some people are going to go to the IL for that, but there's a little bit of controversy in Mets land. Um, in that regard, because uh, players like J.D. Davis and Michael Conforto came out and said, you know, it's a personal decision. Uh. Which is like, I understand because also, I understand to an extent, because, yeah, it's a personal decision to do anything with your body, of course. Yes. With yes. that being said, when and it also. affects other people. <laughs> Specifically your teammates. Like, you would think that, like, they would have some sort of issue with alienating their teammates because it's that thing if, like, 85% of players and, and like, Tier 1 staff get vaccinated then they become they get looser restrictions looser COVID restrictions they can like go out to eat more they can like they don't have to wear masks all the time um which you would think would be motivating factor enough for people uh who don't want to get the vaccine for whatever reason yeah um for whatever reason (laughs) brandon's got 5g coursing through his veins since he's uh Ah, (laughs) my laptop still doesn't work though (laughs) um you are an x-man now that was the weirdest i'm just bald and in a wheelchair now (laughs) (laughs) no superpowers shit i got the professor vaccine (laughs) uh but yeah we also had some bullpen implosions brandon it very much felt like we had uh we just like sucked up all your mets energy over the weekend and uh and, and lost a, a 1-0 game to the Rays on opening day. Uh, Sandy pitched six innings of unearned uh, – uh, six innings of no runs baseball. Um, and then immediately gave up a one-run shot, and that was it. That was it. And then the I think it was Saturday we lost – on uh, Joey Wendell, Mr. Baseball, mm-hmm. hit a three-run shot in the, in the top of the eighth or bottom of the eighth. And uh, it would have been the top of the eighth. Um, and it put them up. It was we were we were up, I think, three to five, and then they were up six to five by the end of it. And yeah, yeah I think there was a sack fly um, after that. Um, what, what's so the feeling good, in Marlins in Marlins land on uh, Mr. Bass being the closer? Is that like a title he's going to stick to? Yeah. What's going on with that? I haven't seen him since he blew that save, honestly, which is weird because normally normally uh, Donnie's been pretty straightforward about who his closer is and, and keeps going back to the guy. Um, 
No, the most interesting thing that the Marlins did, so when we put uh, the two dudes on IL, we brought up um, Nieder, who's going to – Nick Nieder, who's like a, a prospect that will be pitching in the five, uh, the fifth spot of the rotation until Sixto comes back. Um, and this Jordan Holloway dude who's like a top 20 Marlins prospect, like pretty deep in the farm system. And he threw two innings of, uh, of no-run baseball yesterday in relief and looked really good and has a mustache, which I'm in full support of. Oh. Um, but feelings of Marlins land right now. I mean, uh, we could talk of this could just turn into the Jazz Chisholm podcast if you want. I mean, Jazz was just everywhere. Him and his blue hair were just lighting up in Marlins land. Uh, he's hitting well. He walked, stole second, stole third, and then tagged up on a shallow fly ball uh, and and slid into home. And it was just like immediately endeared himself forever to Marlins fans. Like we are just very clearly head over heels with them. He was on the Chris Rose rotation, this John Boy podcast that I was listening mm-hmm. to, where uh, uh, Miguel Rojas, the Marlins starting shortstop, is, the, is one of the co-hosts, and he did like a 30, 45-minute interview. And the dude is just like so charismatic. He just so engaging, so much fun to listen to. I, I just am big knock on wood, but uh, it feels like we might have uh, a superstar in the making around here. Yeah, you love to see it. I mean, honestly, like, the blue hair alone and just, like, bringing that excitement, that's exactly what we were talking about where, like, baseball is antiquated. Yes. When you look to players like that and Lindor and Tatis, mm-hmm. who unfortunately just got injured. Um, yeah, ripped his shoulder up. Yeah, but when you look to those guys, I mean, you, you kind of do see some hope in, in the baseball world. And um, For sure. Acuna? Like yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. Albies as well. Stroman, Stroman. Yeah, I mean, you know, some guys that can bring a little flavor to the field and Castellanos. I mean, even though he just got suspended, yeah, I know. that's what's wrong with it, right? So, <laughs> exactly. um, yeah, I mean, that's that's really exciting for you guys. And uh, my question, though, uh, as a Marlins fan, is uh, where does that leave, leave Diaz? Because it seemed like when Diaz came up, yeah, and dude. he hit that bomb against Degrom in his first. Uh, first game like seemed like he was going to be the next set and he was pretty exciting to watch too so like what where does that leave him is he going to be trade bait or he just absolutely i would assume that he has like one more shot like he's going to get called up sometime this season when there's injuries but if he doesn't show i don't know who's going to buy him from us he was part of the yelich trade i don't know who's going to buy him from us and um and then i think that means that entire yelich trade was awful (laughs) it's not good i mean monte harrison still is like a couple more years than the and the minors may do him well but um also, another exciting dude. Speaking of dudes that are just like, you want to watch play. Monte's there. He just, the bat never showed up. Um, yeah, I mean, as of right now, there's no doubt in my mind that Isan is not going to play second base if Jazz is there. Miguel Rojas on that podcast came out and said that he would be willing to change positions because he, he was very well aware that Jazz was by, like Jazz is a primary shortstop. Um, and Miguel Rojas plays shortstop. He's like, I'll play anywhere for this team, which is obviously what you love to hear. Um so, yeah, though, just for the Diaz train, I mean, he looked really bad in spring training. Um, and uh, unless there's injuries, I can't imagine him getting called up anytime soon. We have the middle infield. Seems pretty uh, seems pretty decent where it is right now. To say well, well, he's still a young guy. I mean, but, you know, also it's possible that there is, like, a prospects that have fallen off trade that Marlins could always look to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't come to that. Otherwise, we're going to be uh, DFAing Brinson here by the end of it. I don't know. He had, he. Showed up once in the in the first four games we played and didn't look that great. So, and I love Sweet Lou. I, he really endeared uh, himself to me last year uh, during the the COVID season. He's just really thought he found his position um, hitting lefties and just yeah hasn't looked great so far. So we're wishing him the best, Sweet Lou. Come come join us on NL Feast. We'll talk. Well, to you, I, you know, day. I think what's unfortunate just because the Marlins, you end up seeing all of their prospects even if they're not ready, right? Like once yeah, once once the Marlins season. traded Stanton and Yelich and all that. It's not like, you know, if you're on a team that, like, the Braves, like, if some of their prospects aren't doing great in the minors, they're not going to bring them up. Like, mm-hmm. you guys kind of... Yeah, exactly. The Marlins, like, we're going to because they had a spot and, like, let's see what they're, you know, working with. So you're going to see all of them, and unfortunately, you're going to be set up for more di- some disappointment with a couple of them, unfortunately. Absolutely. Absolutely. But like we've said, we still have some... We still have, like, Blade to come up. Max Myers is going to come up. We still have some of our top prospects that I haven't seen. Major League play, but Brandon, you know what time it is, right? Oh, is it story time? <laughs> it's story time! 60-second story time. Um, in case you didn't tune into last podcast, this is where we give each other 60 seconds to try to cram a story uh, into that one full minute. And astonishingly, it didn't go very well last <laughs> week. <laughs> it did not go well. Neither Brandon and oh. I, I would say, got through a third of our stories. Um, but here it goes. Brandon, do you have a story that you're going to you, oh, you I have got an a idea story. what you're going to tell so far? Okay, because I definitely have a story. I definitely could think of one. Don't you worry. I've got it in the bag. All right, cool. We have uh, we have the timer going. I'll uh, I'll give you a countdown and then we'll begin. Are you Let's ready? Let's do it. 
All right, hold on. I accidentally started it. All right, three, two, one, go. All right, so you know we were talking Nirvana earlier today. Coincidentally, I was at my friend's house. Uh, we're both vaccinated, so I saw him for the first time in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's at his parents' place right now. They live in a nice area of L.A. Next door to him is a, a guitar player for a famous 90s band, not Nirvana, but for a Ooh. famous 90s band. Are we going to be ambiguous? Uh, let me sit on it. Maybe I'll bring it up later. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if I... There might be a legal issue because when I was leaving his house at night, there was two cops uh-huh. at the house and a blonde oh, a shit. blonde woman was outside and she looks at oh, us no. and goes, hey, do you guys have cameras there? Wh- and Alec oh, goes, God. yes, we do. She goes, can I borrow it? Because my ex-boyfriend uh, threatened my friend and now she's missing. Oh, Oh, yeah. Maybe don't say the name of it. Yeah, I'm not going to say the name of it. And then apparently I found out that uh, my friend and his parents spoke with him. Oh, no. That's enough, Brandon. Sorry. You got to stop talking. Brandon, you did it, though, dude. I pretty much did it. There's more, but I pretty much did it. You learned from last week. Um, you learned from last week that that uh, that sixty seconds is not nearly as much time as you think it is, and I, I'm impressed. Frankly, I'll go as far as to say I'm impressed. Oh my god, thank you. Just uh, you know, know, if you want to know what the band is, uh, think of like the top five grungy ones, top hmm. ten maybe. Uh, uh, is is there initial? Oh, top ten. I was gonna say, is there initial PJ? No, no, not PJ. No, okay. All right. Can we get initials? Is it if an I initials gave pod? initials away, you would know. <laughs> I'm going to say that. Okay. Okay. All right. Hmm. Is it P-O-D? Oh, it's pod, baby. No, it's not. No, man. I was like, is pod even grunge? I, I don't know. know. Um. All right, Brandon. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to – I definitely have a story, Um. and I'm going to start it. Hmm. I don't think you have hmm. a story. I no 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 no. All right, I'm gonna start the timer uh, right now, Brandon. I just want to let you know, I definitely have a story. I'm very excited to tell you it. Uh, this was thought out. I put it. I put it in the the show guidelines or little show notes. I wrote 60 second stories right in between our last uh, rough week for the NL East podcast um, and our upcoming series, which is what we're gonna do later. Um, and my story is really entertaining. So obviously, last week. Um, we talked about the cell phone thing. Didn't get to finish it. You know, that's traditional uh, traditional 60-second story time. That's just how it goes sometimes. You start a story. You just sit there. You're talking. You're talking. You never finish it. And you talk before you even get to the best part of the story. Before you get to the best part of the story. And that's what you did so well this time, Brandon, is that you had a story. You knew what it was going to be. You told it in your allotted 60 seconds. And before you knew it, you got the act one act Mm -hmm. two act three conclusion maybe you didn't tie the ribbon on it as well as you'd like to which i feel like is what's going to happen to me um so earlier this week when i was uh sitting down with some friends at the oh brandon i ran out of time it was so good it was just getting good i I was at the (laughs) you i did exactly the opposite of what you did which was i took too much time brandon i didn't even get to start the act one of my story it was Poor, poor planning on my part. I think you should have loaned me your 60 seconds so I could finish the grunge story, mister. <laughs> Brandon, that's not how this works. In 60-second stories, you are allotted 60 seconds to tell one story. And again, I'm going to beat this horse to death. You told a remarkable 60-second story. This is like the – what was the – was it the Hemingway, like the saddest five-word story oh, of the all time? baby the shoe never worn? Baby shoes for sale never yeah, worn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll start doing that. What's the saddest baseball story you can tell in five That's words? That's fun. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Edwin we'll Diaz that. is in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mets up. Edwin walking up. <laughs> um, Brandon, we have some interesting upcoming series, though. The Mets and Marlins play this weekend. I know. We're going to be heated. We're going to be at the edge of our seat texting up a storm. Uh, g- I Okay, please. I got to ask your opinion on something before we, we, before we dive fully into the series. What is your opinion on attending baseball games uh, in the current COVID situation? Because I'm not going to lie, that Sunday 1 o'clock game is looking good for me. It's Marlins-Mets. We don't come back until August. I'll have one shot at that point. It's socially distanced pods outside with masks on. Um, I feel good, but I also will feel strange attending any sort of public event at this point. I mean, it's going to be strange for a while. I mean, like I said, I'm double vaxxed now. Um, okay, I, brag much. I, you know, I'm double vaxxed now, and, you know, we've got <laughs> done some small t- get-togethers inside. But, um, <laughs> you know, it feels weird. No, I, I have really haven't done any true get-togethers or, yeah, or dining yeah. experience or anything like that. You know, if I were you, 
I would maybe mm-hmm. wait for the second one, but also oh, you're outdoors. I think they That's space it logic. out. Thank you. You ride you ride the subway anyway, on. so like, what's the you know what's the difference? So so also though it's weird. It's not weird. It's appropriate protocol, especially compared to what was going on in the Texas Rangers game. But like, you need one of three things to gain entrance besides a, besides a ticket. Um, you need uh, either a negative PCR test. It's one of those like long term tests. You need to have a negative PCR test within the last seventy two hours, or a negative rapid test within the last six hours, or um, full vaccination you need to have proof of full vaccination gotcha. um or a so golden ticket from steve or Cohen. a golden ticket <laughs> one plate of chicken parmesan presented to the, the ticket counter upon arrival um so that makes me feel a little bit better but if it's a one o'clock game like i have to get up and go to city md at what like eight in the morning then to get uh to get my six hour beforehand a lot rapid like, yeah it's a whole thing so so i'm a little on the fence about it but tickets are only 20 bucks which kind of surprised me considering it's a 20 percent capacity Oh, wow, yeah. That is crazy. Because I thought it would be mostly yeah, right? like season ticket holders. Um, you know what? People I, don't want to see the Marlins. What I'll say is, I'll say what all the Mets players have been saying, and it's like, it's a personal choice. <laughs> it's a personal no, choice. No, this J.D. Davis guy, he gets a bad rap, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think he's not so bad of a guy anymore. <laughs> um, I think it'll be a really interesting series, though. Obviously, um, <clears throat> we won't play each other until much later in the season, which will, will be a, a interesting in and of itself, just because to see where the two teams are at that point. And I think we'll mm-hmm. be post trade deadline in August. So, like, oh, I was that the see next time? team that doesn't have. Yeah, I think it's I think it's mid August. August and September we play. Yeah, how's that possible? That means we would ha- we would have like sixteen games together or something in the last two months. Is that right? Hold I believe on, you. I'm not on. doubting I'm, you. It just surprises me. <laughs> Brandon, put your gun away, dude. I'm just telling you what I know. <laughs> Don't lie to Mets me, Marlins bro. <laughs> so, okay. If we're going based on StubHub, we could also do, look on the schedule. Yeah, dude. It's April, and then August 31st is the next game. Oh, this is in New York. Sorry. I should have prefaced that. We'll probably oh, play. Gotcha. Um, okay. But this is the next time that they'll be in New York. Uh, mm. Is August 31st, September 2nd, and then end of September. Our last game of the season is against you guys. Hey, you know what? I'll say this. If you go on Sunday, you can get a Mets mask. That's a promotional item. So that's promotional. Oh, Mets okay. mask, baby. Damn. I, so I wish you lived in South Florida and I lived in New York so that I could just ship you all of the attendance items that I get. And you could ship me all the attendance items you get. They had they had Marlins beer, dude. I, I want to have a Marlins beer. I got to see what the, the what do you mean? Marlins they have their own, like, all about. their own like brewery uh there like fish fish brew some local brewer yes fish brew, yeah. fish brew uh it's called fish piss dude it sounds disgusting <laughs> uh, fish piss. uh yeah it's just some local brewery that made like marlin's steamed beer like uh oh by the way speak this is very uh uh personal to you and i nobody else will get this but i was at the store the other day and i saw golden road at uh at our local supermarket Oh wow, they're, ex- they're expanding. That, that's an LA an LA staple out here. It's mango cart season. They do the fruity beers in the summer. Um, this podcast, by the way, you know, have you ever been outside mm. and you know you're with your friends barbecuing? Nothing <laughs> more refreshing than a mango cart by Golden Road Brewery. <laughs> if you yeah, if you love mango cart by Golden Road Brewery, you'll love fish piss. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, I think that'll be a, f- a lot of fun. Uh, Degrom versus undecided on Saturday. That would be a lot of fun. Maybe I just go to that game instead of the Sunday game. Um, is undecided a prospect? Or... Undecided is probably because we have three healthy starting pitchers right now. <laughs> I had to take a guess. <laughs> uh, we're gonna hit our hour mark again, dude. We're we're really nailing it. Um, yeah. But yeah, then we have Phillies versus Braves, uh, Nationals versus Dodgers. Um, yeah, Nationals I mean... versus Dodgers will be really fun. Yeah, and uh, also oh, we neglected to to mention with the Phillies Braves, the Braves acquired Orlando Arcia today. Can we talk about that? Oh yeah, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. I didn't recognize the other two. Pro- uh, I'm assuming prospects that they gave up to get him, but uh, no, they. they uh, I think there were two relief guys. Sabatka is one of them, not a hockey player. There's a hockey okay. player named Sabatka. 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 <laughs> that's big. That's big hockey player energy name. Yeah, uh, uh, Chad Sabatka and Patrick Weagle. Weagle, Patrick Weagle. Um, Ooh, went from the Braves to the Patrick Brewers for Arcee, but Patrick Vigel. But I think, uh, you know, Arcee <laughs> is kind of a head-scratcher move for me. I mean, obviously, you can never, you know, have too much infield depth. But the guy was the starter for the Brewers. I know they have a, a, a prospect coming up for the Brewer crew. But obviously, the Braves have Swanson. And uh, mm-hmm. I, to me, it kind yeah, of says dude. that maybe and they Albies, don't. like, if you assume that maybe they move him over. What are you going to say? 
I said, yeah. And then they also obviously have Albies on the on the right side of the middle infield. So like, there's not a lot of room for this guy. Yeah, I mean, I know he plays a little third base, and I wonder if it's them not trusting Austin Riley defensively. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of my theory because I know also I don't think he's been hitting very well. Yeah, and in the, I think it was the first game that the Phillies walked it off against them. Riley was playing surprisingly shallow, unlike the walk-off hit by, I think it was Segura got the walk-off oh, hit. Oh, weird. That's interesting. Um, he's pr- yeah. playing surprisingly shallow. It's like he may have could, could have nabbed that hit that landed. So, you know, I'm wondering if they're feeling a little shaky on Riley or maybe a late defensive replacement. But, um, yeah, I mean, exciting series coming up overall this weekend um, between Mets, Marlins, Phillies, Braves, some, some NL East dog fights. I love a good dogfight. I love a good dogfight. I'm really looking forward to seeing this Mets series, too. I, obviously, like, you're a, a Mets fan, so there'll be a, a lot of playful banter between the two of us, but also good friend and listener of the pod, Chris Rowland, big Mets fan, so I'll probably be watching some of those games with him. Um, and, and while I did have a very antagonistic relationship with the Mets last season, mainly because we were competing for the same playoff spot, um, it's fun. I'm glad you guys are, are, are a, a fun baseball team to root for right now. And uh, when you're not playing the Marlins uh, and not pushing us out of the playoffs, I wish you the best. Thank you. I wish the Marlins the best as well. And obviously, like we're like parting. <laughs> we're like, and I wish the Marlins the best. <laughs> um, no, but and I, to the Marlins, I wish you the best. I'm excited to see jazz play for you all. And I'll, I'm always excited to see Brian Anderson and, and some of your, your young studs. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited for that. And I think Stroman starting against you all against undecided on sunday right yes yes which would be fun for me too because I, I just marcus stroman's fun i think marcus Stroman's great guy, for baseball yeah. and he's he's just a, a fun guy i'm a big stroke guy um brandon we you want to do feast or famine i know we're, we're pushing towards our hour so if you want to do it if you want to just uh move right all along okay all right my first feast and we'll we'll blaze through this maybe this should have been my 60 second timer my first feast is obviously jacob Degrom. it is jacob Degrom is just like marcus stroman it's just good for baseball man it's fun to watch him out there He's, uh, I think he threw seven of his fastest 25 pitches in his career last last outing. What was it? Does that sound right? Just like throwing absolute heat, great breaking balls, dotting up corners. It's like not the dude you want to be on the other end of. Um, and and it's it's just fun to watch him play. I can't wait to continue this full 162 game season. Get um, seven months of Jacob Degrom like we all deserve. Uh, and I'm sure you're even happier than I am. No, yeah, I mean, I think that's a great pick. This is pretty much the Degrom pod. I feel like we <laughs> compare everything to Degrom, <laughs> but like, yeah, I mean, I know, it, it's true though. Really, talk. not being, you know, I'm not being a homer, and like, you know, obviously that. I mean, he's like you said. I mean, for all the reasons you listed, he's just the absolute best. And you know, if the Mets don't get this guy, you know, some playoff starts, he hasn't pitched in the playoffs since 2015. You know, that's it, yeah, it'll be disappointing. So, and I, and you know, he might look to leave the team, but. uh that's a sad note, but no, I mean, I, I think that I think that's a great one. And, and Brandon, come on, he might leave the team, but no, I, I yeah, I'm really I looking forward forever. to seeing him pitch against the Marlins and seeing him pitch over the full year. Give us your feast. What was your feast? Oh this, yeah, uh, this last sorry. Week? Um, oh yeah, so my feast this week is I think we're looking at a Braves comeback. The Braves are currently, as we record this, they're up five four to the Nationals. I think we're looking for a Braves comeback after them uh, after they got swept by the Phillies in the first series. We're missing a great game. We're, We're missing, missing a, great a great game, game here, right? yeah. The things we sacrifice for the MLB feast, or the MLB, the NL <laughs> NL feast feast. We are the MLB feast, though. <laughs> That's true, frankly. The Nirvana feast podcast. <laughs> the uh, unnamed 90s grunge, grunge bag. Um, <laughs> Whose acronyms will give away who we're talking they about. They will. We will not be discussing that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think a, a Braves comeback. I mean, you know, they're not going to be getting swept all year, if at all. I mean, you saw it today. I mean, Acuna hit two bombs. Freeman hit a bomb. Swanson hit a bomb. The team's great. I I think this is just yeah. a little early season blemish. And also, they were in all the games against the Phillies. They just their offense was a little That's sleepy. The their bullpen gave up a run here or there. So once again, the only thing I'm worried about the Braves back into that rotation. But yeah. I, but I think the Braves are going to have a nice little comeback against uh, the Nationals and the Phillies. Like you said, looking for some blood. Looking for some blood. Um, and then my famine, Brandon, um, it's probably the only part of this Marlins game I'm going to catch is the our bullpen looks bad, dude. We That was the one thing that we were trying to invest in in the offseason specifically. Obviously, we got Adam Duvall, who's been kind of just like a utility outfielder slash pinch hitter. Um, and But yeah, Anthony Bass was the other big signing, and he blew a save. Blew his first save. Um, and that's not something that you want. I mean, obviously, you're familiar with, with bullpen woes. We both are right now. And it's just what truly one of the most frustrating parts about baseball is when you have great starting pitching and they're performing as well as they are, like specifically our 
I mean, all three of our starters, obviously Hernandez left early, but like, um, and Trevor Rogers, we didn't even get to Trevor Rogers. Maybe that should be my famine, uh, abysmal first inning. And then got sat down and talked to by Mattingly and, and came out and threw, uh, through three great innings of, uh, pitched baseball. Um, but yeah, dude, bullpens are bullpen suck. I hate bullpens. <laughs> so much. It's the moment they come in. I'm like, Oh yeah, we're done. This game's over. I don't have any confidence. And if you, if I'm feeling that way on my couch, I can't imagine how the players are. feeling. There's like nothing that. more heartbreaking than a bullpen loss. And like, like you said, I know it so well, but I mean, you know, in the playoffs when you see that, it's just like, they're so finicky. And I think, you know, just because they have a smaller sample size, you know, a closer comes in for one inning, you see them blow it. But if you see a starting pitcher pitch seven mm-hmm. innings and have one bad inning, you kind of forgive it. Right. But just because they have one inning blow the game yeah, towards exactly. the end, it just never, it, it never feels good. It never looks good. Uh, my famine for, for this week is actually a nationals post COVID struggle. Obviously today, as we record Ooh. this, they're on the first game losing right now, five to four. But, I mean, like we said earlier at the beginning of the podcast, there are huge pieces missing right now. They're going to be out, you know, I assume for 10, 10 plus days. Uh, they signed Jonathan Lucroy to to do the catching duties. And, I mean, obviously great veteran <laughs> that catcher. Man will never die. That man <laughs> he will never die. <laughs> he will never die. I, I feel like he probably didn't play baseball once and was just drinking beer all, <laughs> all off season. <laughs> and he's like, sure, I'll put the gear on. Yeah, mango cart and fish piss just uh, coursing through his veins right <laughs> He's now. He's a big fish piss guy. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> but, no, I, I really do think the Nationals, we might see a little struggle, especially with them going out to – coming out here to L.A. and playing the Dodgers. Yeah. Ugh, I feel Not like that, that might get a little dicey for them. So I feel like the Braves are going to are gonna feast on the, on the weaker Nats, and I feel like they're going to have a rough series against uh, the Dodgers as well. So that's my famine. Yeah. I completely agree, Brandon. Well, that wraps up Feast and Famine. And also wraps up our podcast. Good job, Brandon. We did it again. Hey, we got two in job. a row of remarkably great content. Uh, before we go, though, we want to remind everybody that a great way to support the podcast, if you haven't already, is to rate and review us five stars on Apple Podcasts. I don't really understand how algorithm works. You know this is not a math podcast, but if I did, I would assume that that would help us. Um, and to encourage you to continue to rate and review our podcast, I'm going to read our most recent reviews, Brandon. Are you ready for this? Oh, my God. We have reviews? Yes, please. Yes, I, uh, I I reached out to a few people um, and said, hey, if you leave a review, I'll read it on the podcast as long as it's not too inappropriate. And while I haven't read these yet, uh, I should maybe have done that. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume that there's not a lot of vulgar content. So first review was Thursday, brought to us by none other than Randy Rosarena. Speaking of which, <laughs> did you see Randy's uh, diving catch yesterday? What did a fantastic grab dude oh wow was, you know that if you haven't seen it honestly yet, him it him winning a gg that that may have been a, a good bet on your end oh that's a great one um randy said a feast for the years five stars baseball emoji so randy you're a man of few words and i respect that thank you for the thank you thank you for the review and thank you for taking the time i know you're just getting into the season randy <laughs> I know, yeah, it's a, it's a tough tough place to be. Um, also on Thursday was from Mickey Sinjin, which I think is my roommate, uh, Michael San Juan. Have you, have you haven't met I Michael, don't know him. You? Oh, good. So this is just a I've completely unbiased review. Let that be known. Um, mm-hmm. He said, super tight. I got bullied off of my little league team, and I'm integrating this pod into my life to recuperate from the trauma. Hard ride, but these two baseball boys really make it easy with their light banter and informational takes. And Brandon, I'd agree with at least the former. I don't know about the latter, but the former sounded good to me. Our mm. light banter is on point. <laughs> light banter, you know, I hope he likes Nirvana, too, or, you know, if, if, <laughs> I hope he likes Nirvana. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, yeah. otherwise skip this pod, dude. I don't know what you're doing <laughs> listening to it. Um, informational takes, big question mark on that one today. Charlie Morton, who? <laughs> Moving along. Um, and this is from AA, A-Y-Y uh, dash A-Y-Y, uh, written on Friday. Non-baseball fan turned baseball fan. I watch no baseball. Don't follow anything related to baseball. Sam and Brandon have piqued my interest. Fun podcast. Brandon, that's a great review. You got to love that. Hey, if, if we can convert someone to like baseball, that's why we're here, man. Honestly, just every, yeah, one listener at a time, all 15 of you. It sounds like none of our listeners uh, watch baseball, but hey, who knows? Maybe we, maybe we can change that with enough hard work. I think they should pipe this into elementary schools. You know, get them in early, get them interested in baseball, show them jazz. Well, yeah, what's, you know, it's honestly jazz. Yeah, blue hair. Who doesn't like blue, blue hair? hair? You got to be a, you got to be a, a, a troll to not like blue hair. But Brandon, that does it for us. Why don't you plug your, uh, plug your Twitter account before we get out of here? Hey, uh, you know what? I'm not going to plug my Twitter account. I'm going to plug Luke <laughs> okay. Valentine Art. Luke Valentine Art on Instagram. He's the, the fellow, oh, the yeah. gentleman that, that made our beautiful logo that we might get a cease and desist for, but it's a great logo. Mm-hmm. That's all. Who's to say? 
respect, respect. But uh, we might get a season desist for it. It's obviously, uh, as you're uh, listening to this podcast, you can see that it's all of the Annalise mascots as one monster. And Luke did a fantastic job. Follow his art, buy his art. Uh, check out his graphic novel, Luke Valentine Art, on Instagram. Awesome plug. Um, and also Brandon, Brando Grosso, B-R-A-N-D-O-G-R-O-S-S-O. I didn't you. forget, Brandon. I'm pretty Thank proud of myself. Um, make sure to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe, do whatever it is that you would normally do for any podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at SlimProTV, S-L-I-M-M-P-R-O-T-V for any baseball takes. And Samuel Adam Clark, just so that anything that I like might show up in your feed, because I'm not tweeting from that very much anymore. Um <laughs> And follow us on our Twitter account, which is NL Feast Pod at NL Feast Pod. Let me double check to make sure that is true because last time I did this, it was not true. Um, dun, 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 dun. And Brandon, it says it is at Nearpod N E A R P O D. No, that's not it. Don't follow that. Uh, that's that is a spelling mistake from Google. You can just search us; you'll figure this out. Um, any final words, Brandon? Before we get out of here, bye bye, bye bye. See you next week. Hey.